code. All right. Hey, Heidi, Jeff Hicks, how are you doing? Hi, I'm doing fine. How's the weather in near New Orleans? Um, it, it's overcast today, but actually <laughs> that's all right as long as we get a little rain uh, and not a lot. There you go. Yeah, we're pretty toasty in Tampa, but that's pretty normal. Hey, today we're going to be, thank you, today we're going to be talking about reviews and wanted to know what's the most important thing that a chief appraiser should know about reviews. Well, uh, from a regulatory standpoint, um, it, it's reviewer competency. Um, it, it doesn't do you any good to jump through the hoops to, to get reviews done uh, before the loan closing if the folks that you might, the, whomever in your department that you select to do the review isn't competent for that assignment. The, the regulations are clear that, that reviewers can't just have general competency. Um, and what I mean by that is, let's, let's say, be generally certified uh, or, or, or even not if there's an appraiser, but had some education um, with commercial uh, property types or something. But they also have to be specifically uh, 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 competent for that particular assignment that you give them on that day. So if the reviewer has never seen a hotel appraisal before, then, then you're not allowed, now they can become competent, they can do some research or whatever, but you have to be cognizant of all of that, um, that they've never done, the, they don't know anything about how the insides and outsides of the review appraising. So that's the kind of thing. I mean, I, I, at one point somebody asked me, well, have you ever reviewed a, uh, um, an oil refinery? And I said, well, I, some, some really, some tank farms, some heavy, you know, industrial kind of things, not that, but I can become competent. So they gave me the assignment, I took it, and I called up some people because my husband is, works for an oil company um, and asked them, about that oil company, about what do they do with selling their refinery. So anyway, I became competent because I had that resource to find that out. Nice. So, um, so that's what they, what they mean is that you can't just be, shuttling these uh, appraisals or review assignments to your, um, to your cadre of reviewers um, and not know that they're competent to do that. And I would say that the second thing is almost as important is that you can't have a system in your organization, in your bank, um, where you have a reviewer who's competent, they do the assignment, they have a problem with it, or they don't have a problem with it and they accept it, and somebody on the lending side has a problem with the appraisal that has nothing to do with anything other than the value conclusion, doesn't make their deal, and they have the ability to influence uh, the review process. And when that happens and when there's no independence on the reviewer side, whether it's outsourced or particularly inside the organization, you might as well not have a competent reviewer because you've just, you know, you've just short-circuited the whole um, competency uh, situation. That makes sense. What do you think for a lot of banks? Do they typically do it in-house? Do they outsource reviews or a combination thereof? I, I think it's a mix. I think uh, the, the, my experience has been that banks that aren't of a size uh, or the, an asset 
mix um, that needs a lot of reviewers on staff uh, that are appraisers in particular with that competency, that skill set, um, that once it gets to be a complex property, they'll outsource it. A complex property like a hotel um, or a really big, you know, uh, loan uh, amount, uh, they'll outsource it. You know, they have a threshold for that. Um, and then all the low risk transactions they'll do in-house, which follows the regulations, by the way. Um, so uh, once a, a, a bank gets to an asset size um, and particularly an asset mix size where they have enough real estate lending or real estate secured lending, um, then it makes sense for them to start, you know, bringing on um, the reviewers and then the competency um, should follow or will follow. You think uh, typically it's done with workflow if you can grade and automate your appraisers. But do you think grading the appraisers, so when the reviewers do get the appraisals, that the quality is of a level of competency? So do you, do you think that's a good uh, idea? I 100% am behind <laughs> that. <laughs> 110%. Um, what I recommend when I do consulting for banks is, uh, or webinars for banks, I don't do too many, many of those anymore, um, is, that, is that you have an in, in a formal and informal monitoring process for your appraisers and and the best one really is the informal one and and that is where the review process reports back to the people who are involved in the bidding and engaging side and says this appraiser did a stellar job uh, with this kind of property type or with this particular type of analysis. And, and so this is the kind of person that you're gonna to wanna to bid again for this property type. Or, uh, you know, this is a good appraiser generally, but this isn't his specialty or her, you know, competency. So, um, so there's some weakness there and you need to know that and not bid them. And so that's really improves appraisal quality. I highly recommend that the, the review process has a feedback loop with um, your bidding and engaging folks. And, and don't just, you know, like beat up the appraisers about it, but, but use the information to wisely um, do then your bidding and engaging so you get the right appraiser for every assignment and not just the cheapest one. Okay, that makes sense. What, what do you think, what do you see is, and maybe there's not a typical, but a typical uh, problem with an appraisal that it's, is it maybe structurally really off? They got the highest and best use wrong or something that's really, wow, like a showstopper type review. Uh, uh, well, generally my experience is that when they don't have the competency to do the assignment and they don't realize it, uh, the appraiser doesn't realize that they bid it anyway, um, that there's going to be a laundry list. Um, of issues. I mean, sometimes the appraiser is generally competent and they just kind of miss something. Um, but the thing that I see time and time again is, um, is a misunderstanding about how you deal with that lease and particularly whether the sales comparison approach can and does render a lease fee value um, that's, that makes any sense in comparison to um, the lease fee value that you conclude in the income approach based on the lease terms. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, so, yeah, so, so, so there's, that's, that's a big thing. But I mean, the ones that are generally the clients that I work with now, um, they've got a, 
a decent enough depth of experience so that that I'm not gonna I'm not dealing with really really whopper bad appraisals, but but when they're bad generally it percolates through the whole um, the whole assignment. I mean, uh, and I had one that thought was bad a bed and breakfast that was a planned new bread and breakfast out of the ground in the kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, and I thought he missed the boat, but once I talked to him, he he just didn't support much. So so you, you got to watch that you don't just automatically assume that the appraiser doesn't know what they're doing if they just maybe were too abbreviated to actually do credible reports. So you got to stop and make sure that that um, is that box is checked as well. So maybe for more difficult assignments, maybe it's not a collaborative effort, but maybe communicating with the appraiser. Uh, I've got a few questions. Can we get on the phone? Maybe go through some emails. But getting on the phone often really gets the intent of the appraiser. What if? What were they thinking? Do you think communication with, the re especially when you have questions, is helpful to establish a relationship with the appraiser for next time you review that appraiser's work? Oh, is absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I never send. I never start out with an email. Never. I mean, unless I can't find them, unless they're not answering their phone. Sure. Um, because even if they know me, emails come across as, as nice as I can be on an email, it still is going to come across as, as more critical than in a conversation. Um, and so if I can get the person on the phone and explain to them, it's not about criticism, it's about I, the reader, um, haven't don't have a comfort level with a b or c that it's sufficiently supported then they understand that i'm not looking to just beat them over the head or to be critical but that there's some issues that i feel like my client needs to have answered or dealt with or there's a you know a math error <laughs> and sure. gee could you help me with that um you know those yeah because it's person to person it should never be uh the only time i send an email is when they when there's so many things that they ask me to follow up with an email so they can keep track of them and sometimes that happens but it, it's rare okay and uh, just we'll wrap it up uh, one last question what do you think about reviewing the review Oh, for the bank, absolutely. I mean, that is a regulatory requirement, by the way. I mean, banks that are not doing it are not complying with the interagency appraisal and evaluation guidelines. And uh, I would welcome anybody reviewing my reviews that I do for my clients and happy that they do that because they are in compliance. Anybody that's not, it just means that the regulators haven't caught you yet. Okay. And if somebody wanted to reach out to you as a resource, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Um, email is probably the best. You can you can, you can phone me, but uh, my website has all my information, appraisalsolutionsforbanks.com. Hold up. Um, Great. And, and it's on, I think there's something information on RealWire, too, because I'm one of your assets. <laughs> well, okay. Yes, you are. <laughs> well, Heidi, I appreciate your time to talk about reviews today, and you have a great day. You as well. Thank you, Heidi.